Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to your weekend Buckeye Talk from Cleveland.com. It's Doug Marie. Sorry I did not get this to you on Friday. We will be back on Monday with a Market Down Monday where you will hear from me, you will hear from Stephen, you will hear from Nathan. We'll take Tuesday off for the 4th of July and then be back with you on Wednesday. Sorry about this one. I owe you this one. And I want to start by reading something because I have a theory. And the theory is this. There were reports a couple days ago, uh, Bruce Feldman from The Athletic and Fox Sports talked about this, that Michigan has now instituted a beat Georgia period at practice in addition to a beat Ohio State period. And this is one of these things, right? We, we talk about a lot in this podcast, like what's coach speak, what's nonsense, what's something that might matter. I think this is indicative of something, and I think it is very interesting. I think in a lot of ways, it's good for Michigan. It's good for the Big Ten, but I also think it affects the rivalry. I think it affects the game because I think in this way, Michigan is 20 years behind Ohio State. I think that Michigan has never really been a national program, especially national in terms of taking on the South. And I think Ohio State became that kind of program in beating Miami to win the national title in 2002 and then has continued to have moments like that, winning on the road at Texas in 2006 in a 1-2 game, beating Alabama in the semifinal in 2014 beating Clemson in the semifinal in 2020 on the biggest stage going up against the strength, the new power of college football in the South, taking your Midwestern style, your Midwestern ways, your big 10 ways that you still need to have to beat your rival and taking it out to the world and not just the world, taking it into enemy territory against the best of the best and winning. Michigan's never done it. Now I'm going to read you a story to start. Because maybe this is the closest thing that would qualify for this. And then I have some stats and then I have some theories. But I want to start here. And it starts with the first game of Michigan season in 1984. They are at home. They are playing the defending national champion Miami Hurricanes. Miami, for some reason, has already played two games. And this is the opener for Michigan. Miami opened in a kickoff classic game against number one Auburn and won that game 2018. And then Miami played its rivalry game against Florida. Florida's ranked. They win that game 32-20. So Miami comes in at 2-0. Michigan is playing its opener. 
And I will read now from the Washington Post story from that game under the headline, Miami beaten by Michigan, six interceptions. The great Miami offensive machine sputtered and died today against Michigan. And the 105,403 who saw the Wolverines beat last season's national champions 22-14 would no doubt be in agreement with Hurricanes quarterback Bernie Kosar's assessment of the contest. Quote, we dropped some balls and I forced some, but in the end, we destroyed ourselves, he said. That's the worst I've ever played in my life. I was terrible. Kosar threw six interceptions in a clumsy display in which he lacked the poise and precision shown in top-ranked Miami's earlier victories over Auburn and Florida. The loss ended Miami's winning streak at 13, but it also brought to an end to the myth, but it also brought an end to the myth that the Hurricanes were blessed with a magical unbeatability and would never fail to find the game-winning spark when needed. It was the season opener for the 14th-ranked Wolverines, who used three touchdowns by fullback Bob Perryman, and a superior level of intensity to overwhelm the Hurricanes. Jimmy Johnson, in his first year as head coach at Miami, said, The turnovers killed us. I felt we could move the ball easily enough, but we kept handing it over and giving them good field position. I'm not making excuses, but some of our better players just weren't ready to play physically or mentally, and it killed us. Four of Kozar's interceptions came in the last 18 minutes of the game. He completed 16 of 38 passes for 228 yards, ending his consecutive 200 yards or more passing streak, at, uh, extending it to seven games, but he was visibly tired and uninspired. Johnson said he did not want to make excuses for the loss and politely avoided evaluating Kozar's performance. He said, I don't think anybody on our team played well. Asked if playing three games in 13 days against powerful opponents had a detrimental effect on his players, Johnson said, I don't know if that had anything to do with it but I do know that they were able to watch us in our first two games while we really didn't know what to expect from them. Michigan quarterback Jim Harbaugh, a junior starting in his first college game, used completions to Vince Bean and Steve Johnson to move the ball deep into Miami territory, blah, 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 blah. 1984, Jim Harbaugh versus Bernie Kosar. It is the beginning of the Jimmy Johnson era of the Miami dynasty. Howard Schnellenberger had won the national title with Bernie Kosar at Miami in 83, then left for the USFL. They hired Jimmy Johnson from Oklahoma State. People were like, who's this guy? What are they doing hiring him? And by 86, it's on. And then you see 86, 87, 88. It is this new era of Miami football where Johnson builds on everything that Schnellenberger put together. More importantly for Michigan, I would possibly argue This was the first and the last time that Michigan on a national stage, when it really mattered, beat a Southern powerhouse. Now, we'll give a couple other examples later, but this could have been the start of something for that year. You I mean, think about this. This is why I wanted to read. It's not usually story time on here, but I want to read you a story that is Bo Schembechler and Jim Harbaugh beating Jimmy Johnson and Bernie Kosar. And then what did that turn into for Michigan? A six and six season. They beat number one Miami at home to open the year. They lose to number 16 Washington the next week at home. They go on to lose to Michigan State at home. They lose at Iowa. They lose at Purdue. They lose in Ohio Stadium to the Buckeyes 21 to six. And then, and this is a just a full circle ending, Michigan goes to the Holiday Bowl 
and plays number one BYU and loses to BYU 24-17 as BYU wins the national title. And people are reluctant to vote for BYU. They play a soft schedule. They're not a, a powerhouse team. They beat Pitt to open the year. But this win over Michigan, Michigan goes from beating the defending national champs in game one to losing to the new national champs in the bowl game, in the season finale. And I think there's probably a little absorption of the fact that Michigan had a win over Miami and then BYU beat Michigan, made enough people willing to vote for BYU that Michigan helped BYU win the national title. That's it. That is Michigan against the South on the national stage. That is the living embodiment of beat Georgia. That is the one time it happened. Now, I don't want to downplay a couple of the other times that Michigan has beaten Southern powers since then. It's twice. And I have changed. It's, it's, it's not fair. And I have to check myself before I wreck myself on some of this stuff, because the way bowl games are now, the way non-playoff bowl games are now, especially as we prepare for a 12 team playoff guys opt out so much. Nowadays, bowls are not a great indication of a team strength necessarily. It can be, but it certainly cannot be sometimes. That is not how it used to be. So I now, looking backwards, sometimes downplay bowl results because it's like, well, the season's over. You know you're not winning the national title, and then you're playing somebody, but I don't know. But we have to remember that it really mattered back then. So the two other possible examples of Michigan winning on the national stage against the Southern Powerhouse. The 2000 Orange Bowl at the end of the 1999 season, it was number four Alabama against number eight Michigan. It happened to be the final game of Tom Brady's career. And Michigan won that game in overtime because Brady threw a touchdown and Michigan scored. And then uh, Alabama scored in overtime, scored a touchdown, and their kicker missed the extra point. And Michigan won 35-34. Brady, in his final college game, threw for 369 yards and four touchdowns. So I don't want to downplay that. That's Lloyd Carr. It's pre-Saban, obviously, uh, by a lot. It's Lloyd Carr beating Mike DuBose, but it's it's a top five Alabama team. So I, I don't want to ignore that. Bama was favored in that game. That's a good win for Michigan. And then the other one, you guys might remember this, is the Capital One Bowl after the 2007 season. It's Michigan versus Florida. It's Michigan versus Urban Meyer. It's Michigan versus Heisman Trophy winner Tim Tebow. And Michigan's not even ranked. Florida is 12th. Florida's favored by 10.5, and, and Michigan wins 41-35 in what was the last game as head coach for Lloyd Carr. So we're looking for major Michigan wins against the South on a national stage. 84 Miami in the opener, two bowl games where a national title was not at stake against Alabama and against Florida. I don't want to dismiss them, but it's not quite the same. I think beat Georgia is interesting because it is something that is not real yet for Michigan. It is something that Michigan is striving for. It is something that Ohio State in the modern era has accomplished and has set out as a goal. And now Michigan is chasing it. So the question, I think the most interesting question to me is, 
As Michigan adds something else to Chase, what does that mean for Ohio State versus Michigan? And we'll get to that next on Buckeye Talk. Okay, so I did go through, and I, I want to do a little, a, a few stats first. I did my best on this. I, I was a little surprised it wasn't easier to get a handle on these stats, to just find them, that somebody had already done them. I looked through old game notes from the schools. I looked through their record books. They weren't in there. I'm trying to find top 10 wins all time for Ohio State and Michigan. I wound up leaning on some stuff I found on the internet. And for Ohio State, I wound up going through their entire history and just, you know, with the yellow legal pad marking down the top 10 wins. Overall, and I apologize if it's not a thousand percent right, we strive to be right on Buckeye Talk. Buckeye Talk. I have 75 top 10 wins all time for Ohio State. I have 66 for Michigan. Of those, here's the ones that came against either Big Ten opponents, Notre Dame, or other very northern opponents. There's some old Army wins in there. There's a Syracuse win in there for Ohio State. Sort of like in your region wins. For Michigan, it's 52 of the 66. For Ohio State, it's 55 of the 75 by my count here. I hope I'm getting this right. Now I'm making myself nervous. I'm close at least. Then there's the Rose Bowl. And back in the day, right, this is how it's supposed to go. That's your opportunity to go out into the world. So a Rose Bowl win against a Pac-12 team, a Pac-8 team, a Pac-10 team, a Western power is part of what life in the Big Ten is. So I'm not dismissing that, but that's also not what we're talking about now. That's not beat Georgia. This is a beat Georgia conversation. And what does beat Georgia mean for the rivalry? So the Rose Bowl is natural. You, I don't know that you would have had to have a win the Rose Bowl period because it's like, well, that's just part of what we do. Michigan, five Rose Bowl wins that are, that are wins over top 10 opponents. Five are in the Rose Bowl. Ohio State has six. So now we're getting down to, okay, the other ones that are available here. So wins that are not conference or geographic and are not Rose Bowl. There's nine for Michigan and there's 15 for Ohio State. I might be off by one here, but that's that's the number I have. Nine for Michigan, 15 for Ohio State. The ones for Michigan, there's two against Colorado. There's two against UCLA. There's the Miami win we mentioned. There's the Bama win. There's the Florida win. Then there's one against Nebraska and one against Colorado State. So really, when we're talking about Southern wins, it's like going out in the world, maybe in the regular season when you're still trying to position yourself for a national title. I don't. They had a Colorado win in their last national title season in 97. That was a big part of that. But Colorado's not beat Georgia. No offense to Colorado. Let's not beat Georgia. This is a beat Georgia conversation. Ohio State has 15 of those. And of those 15, I would say 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 are Southern wins. Nine are Southern wins. Oklahoma in 83 in the regular season. Texas A&M in a bowl game in 86. LSU in the regular season in 88. Texas A&M in a bowl game in 98. Miami in the 02 national title game. Texas regular season 06. Arkansas in the bowl game in the Sugar Bowl at the end of the 2010 season. Bama in 14 in the semifinal. Clemson in the semifinal in 2020. So there's even a greater depth of those in the modern era, just in, you know, going and beating Texas A&M in a bowl game, right? There's just not as much as that. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I would say Southern wins on a national stage, Ohio State nine, Miami, excuse me, Michigan three, Ohio State nine, Michigan three. And for games that really mattered, 
where it wasn't that your season was already decided, where that you were still winning this game on a national stage against a Southern power kept, gave you the opportunity to still pursue a national championship, or maybe it won you a national championship. It's more like Ohio State's at one, two, three, four, five, six, and Michigan's at one. It's the Miami game, and and then that Miami game immediately went poof in '84. It immediately evaporated because it was immediately over. It, it there was not it was not lasting. Whereas the Miami game for Ohio State gets you the national title. Bama wins, sets you up for the national title. Clemson gives you a chance in the national title. So this is why I'm talking about being two decades behind. And so to hear this, this to me, this is what we've talked about when Ohio State loses to Florida 41-14 and then the keypad code for the Woody the next season is 4114. That's what we're talking about. It's when Ohio State loses to Clemson in the semifinal in 2019. And the whole 2020 season is about getting back to that, getting revenge on that team. That's what we're talking about. It's about the idea that you have a showdown of such magnitude against Alabama that the whole world is watching and you win against a Southern power. Michigan does not have that in its existence. And now with beat Georgia, Michigan is chasing that. Good. Congrats to Michigan. I think that's what Michigan should be doing. I know there was some stuff that came up this week. I think Reese Davis somewhere said that he has Michigan, I think, preseason number one. I think I have preseason number one, Michigan. By the way, as the plan is at the moment, is that I'm taking the AP vote back. So I'll be voting in the AP uh, poll again this year, which I haven't done for a long time. That's the plan at the moment. We'll see if that actually happens, but that's what we've been talking about and informed the AP about. Nathan, just too much on his plate, so I'm going to take it back. I think I'm going to have Michigan number one. So Michigan should have this goal, but this is not something that has existed in the Big Ten. So I am eager to welcome another Big Ten school to the national scene. And to me, that's what beat Georgia is. Because As it turned out, Michigan's last national title came in 1997, the year before the BCS started. So that was still the Bowl Alliance, and it was the back in the old days where, hey, we're going to have the two best teams play each other, except the Pac-12 and the Big Ten are locked into the Rose Bowl. So Michigan was number one undefeated in both polls in the 1997 season, but they're locked in to the Rose Bowl. Nebraska's number two, Tennessee is number three. So Nebraska and Tennessee play in a bowl game. And the winner of that game winds up being like the coaches poll bowl alliance national champ. Nebraska takes care of Tennessee pretty handily. And Michigan goes and plays Washington State and Ryan Leaf. And it's a pretty good game, but Michigan wins. But it's not the same. And so the opportunity, if it had been one year later, Michigan maybe would have been in this world because Michigan would have played a true national championship game against a powerhouse outside of their area. Now, Nebraska's out the South, but we would have given them credit for that. So Michigan, and it's, I'm not saying Michigan, it's Charles Woodson, Michigan. Like that's that's a Brian Greasy, Michigan. That's a really good Michigan team. But they won a national title. They didn't have to go beat the best of the best. They went and beat a Washington State team that hadn't been in the Rose Bowl since the 30s. And that's how they win the national title. So Michigan winds up winning. Michigan's truly last great season 
they they never I don't know if it's more of an opportunity. They don't get the chance to get a win like Ohio State has against Miami, Clemson, or Alabama. They beat Colorado in the openers 27 to 3. They did beat Notre Dame that year, 21-14. They beat a ranked Iowa team by four. They beat Michigan State that was ranked. They beat a number two Penn State team. They beat Wisconsin. They beat a number four Ohio State team. So they have good wins, but it's all within their comfort zone. And if they had done it one year later, it would have been a Michigan-Nebraska national title game. So now in this, since the BCS, we're talking about the BCS era, the playoff era. That's 98 on. So we're 25 years into this. Ohio State's the only Big Ten team to have ever won a game. So nobody, like nobody has dealt with this. Nobody has has gone out and had the opportunity or taken advantage of the opportunity in the BCS slash playoff era in the Big Ten. Ohio State is four and six. Michigan is 0-2. Michigan State is 0-1. And that's it. So how can you be a national team in this modern quarter century of college football if you never have a win like that if you never get out on the scene and win when it matters most against the best teams and guess what the best teams are in the south right now so beat georgia for michigan is is a goal but it's 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 something they've never tasted and now unless and i don't know jim harbaugh i think should be telling stories about the 1984 michigan miami game because that's a beat Miami now, but then you have to follow it up and not lose six regular season games. So I like that Michigan has done this, but it is a reminder of how different Ohio State is and has been for the last 25 years. Four, you said like, oh, and we do this sometimes. Well, it's only four. They only have four wins in the BCS or playoff era. It's like, okay, well, that's four more than anybody else in their conference. So they're so far ahead of the people in their backyard, but yet they are chasing Bama and G- current Georgia and Clemson at times of the past, right? So I like that Michigan is doing this. I think there should be more. USC is going to be a national program as soon as they get in. Penn State is not. Penn State has been a national program, but pre, pre Big Ten. But Penn State went and beat Miami in the Fiesta Bowl in 86, right? So they lived that. Penn State has something in its history to point to that Michigan doesn't. It's 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 just the way it is. So there's um there's a Georgia win. Penn State beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl in '82, right? So they have two national titles where they have gone out. Penn State has gone out and won national titles by beating Southern powers. And so is that. What does that mean for current Penn State football? I don't know, but the fans know it. The fans are aware of it. So 82 and 86, yeah. Their two, their two national titles are won by beating Southern teams head-to-head. Michigan's never done that. So when we look, and again, just a reminder, we, you guys know this. Ohio State claims eight national titles. Michigan claims 11, but Michigan has only one since 1949. And all except one of Ohio State's have come since 1949. So when Michigan won its 10th national title in 1948, Michigan was ahead of Ohio State in national titles 10 to 1. Since then, it's 7 to 1 Ohio State. Michigan has its in 97, where it split it with Nebraska. And then, as you know, Ohio State 54, 57, 61, 68, 70, 02, and 14. So I like it. 
I like it for Michigan. There should be national programs. I think when USC gets here, and now that Michigan has taken this on, I think their level of play, it's one of the things, their level of play has pushed them to this level. But I think you also have to accept it. You also have to want it. You also have to look over your fence and or you have to drive to the next town at least, right? You have to do want to do more than just be like the, the best team in your neighborhood. They're looking outside their neighborhood. They haven't won outside their neighborhood yet. So in 2024, there should be three national teams in the Big Ten, Ohio State, Michigan, and USC. We'll see if Penn State can become that in the playoff era if you start getting in the playoff and winning playoff games against other national powers from outside your neighborhood, you can become that. I wouldn't say Penn State is that now, but Penn State had been that previously. So now I'm repeating myself. Last break, when we come back, what does this mean for Ohio State, Michigan? Next on Buckeye Talk. So this is one of those, it's going to be a shorter pod. It's a one-topic thing. It's basically a, a, a vocalized column. Good for Michigan, good for the Big Ten that they have a beat Georgia period. Also good for Ohio State. Because I think you, I think we on this podcast believe, I believe, I think you believe to some degree too, that part of Michigan's success the last two years in the rivalry is that Michigan has been only rivalry focused in a world where Ohio State had looked beyond. And I think it is not a complete coincidence that you go from Ohio State losing in the national championship game to Alabama to lose to Michigan, lose to Michigan. And Michigan goes from the programs falling apart, they're under 500 in the COVID year, to beat Ohio State, beat Ohio State. They focused in, and that intense, singular focus, there's no other beat anybody periods for two years. I believe, especially last year, I think the first win, I'll say it for the thousandth time, I think the first Ohio State loss to Michigan is more football, the second loss is more intangibles. There's more about mistakes and preparation of mindset. I think Ryan Day agrees with that. You're split in focus if you're Michigan now. You should because you're good enough to, but you also are. So in a world where I still think Ohio State must maintain its national focus, I don't think that Ohio State can turn so far inward that you now say, well, we beat Michigan, and then you went and got your doors blown off on the national stage because you turned inward so hard. But that was part of Michigan's success. So if Michigan is now adding a beat Georgia period to a beat Ohio State period, to me, that's good for Ohio State because now you've even the playing field. You now have two national Big Ten programs who also are playing the greatest rivalry in college football at the end of the regular season. It does not mean that they are downplaying the rivalry, but it does mean they don't see it as the end of the road. And I think the last two years it has been more of the end of the road for Michigan because everybody viewed Michigan's last two seasons as successes. Nobody viewed them as failures because they couldn't compete against Georgia and then they blew it against TCU. I don't think people saw it that way. I think if that happened again, even if they beat Ohio State, but they do that again, I think we would start getting there, which is why you institute a period. Meanwhile, Ohio State's like, Almost beat Georgia, but yet they didn't win their rivalry game. I think this is good for Ohio State. I think it evens the playing field. They have this, the the programs now have the same outlook on the season. They both are intensely focused on each other, but they both are looking to the next town. And I do think Michigan not looking to the next town helped them win last year. So if you're an Ohio State fan and you heard beat Georgia, maybe you would be dismissive of it. Because you would say, well, what do you do? Why are you having a period for a thing you've never done? 
right? Where we have these examples. This is why I wanted to bring it up. This to me is a little bit, and and I we end up having these conversations a lot because journalists like to talk to each other. At Cleveland.com, we went digital in 2013. We moved to an online focus. We still had a newspaper, but it wasn't our focus. Starting in 2013, we've been a digitally focused company. And there are other places, and I'll just say it, the Columbus Dispatch was more newspaper focused still. Now, the Dispatch has moved to a digital focus, right? And they're doing much more online. It doesn't mean they don't care about the paper, but I don't think the paper is number one for them anymore. It hasn't been number one for us for a while. It doesn't mean you shouldn't get the paper, but really we're trying to get you the information online and we're trying to get it to you in a variety of ways, including on podcasts. Your timelines are just different. So for a long time, the way the dispatch went about its job covering Ohio State from 2013, probably from like 2013 to like 2020, we were just very different very different from how they went about things to how we went about things because our focus was different. And now they've kind of gone, they're on the path that we've been on for almost a decade now. And I'm not saying they're wrong and I'm not saying we're right, but I'm just saying we're on the same path now. So now we can compare a little bit more. Now you can say, it's like, oh, well, they're doing this. Well, hey, maybe we could, you know, maybe we could learn from what they're doing. Oh, maybe we feel like we feel good about what we're doing, whatever. But at least it's apples to apples. And for a long time, it hasn't. I think the last two years has not been apples to apples for Ohio State, Michigan, because they just viewed the world differently. We're back to apples to apples, which is also you guys play that game with your family, right? Apples to apples, you say like, uh, uh, like you get a card and it says like wonderful, and then you have to say like a thing that's wonderful, like you put in uh, everybody has a card and somebody puts in like a snake and that's wonderful, and someone puts in like a birthday cake and they think that's wonderful, and you want your card picked for wonderful, right? You guys play that game. If you haven't played it, uh, wonderful for family gatherings. I hate puzzles. I love games. It's provided some conflict in our family. My wife is a puzzle person, is not really a game person. It's probably a podcast question at some point. Or if you're at a family gathering, would you rather play a puzzle? Do a puzzle or play a game? I hate jigsaw puzzles. I hate, I hate, I hate them. It can be a way to bring families together and you gather around the table, but I despise every moment of it. But I want to play a game because I'm competitive. I don't want to look for like, hey, we did a thousand pieces, but we're missing a corner because the dog ate it. I can't remember what I was saying. We're on the same page, apples to apples. And so that, if you want to, if an Ohio State fan wants to mock Michigan for it because they said they're having a beat Georgia period, and you can say, have they ever done that? I just gave you the three times they have. Two of them were in bowl games. That's like, you can decide how much those mattered. One, they beat the number one defending champ from Florida in the first game of the season and Jim Harbaugh's first start as a quarterback. And then they went six and six. So that's their experience there. I think it's good for Ohio state. I think Ohio state should be glad Michigan's doing this. Ohio state fans should embrace it. And it just, it makes it a little more fair because <laughs> it's one of those things that if you are, if you are trying to do something and then somebody else is only trying to beat you and you're like, well, we have bigger goals. We do want to beat you, but we have bigger goals and you only care about beating us. It kind of feels unfair almost at times. And I don't really mean unfair, but I think you know what I'm saying. So I think that's changed. And I think that's real. And I will take it at face value. And I think Michigan should do it, but I also think it's good for Ohio State. Talk amongst yourselves. See what you think of this. Drop the quickie on you here. We'll be back to regular stuff. We'll be back to rapid fire. We'll be back to some bigger picture stuff. I have a weird one planned if we can pull it off. A really weird one but one I've wanted to do for years. 
That's probably coming this week. But for now, I appreciate your grace on uh, getting this to you a little bit late. And uh, if you're a tech subscriber, feel free to send a note and say whether you think it's good or bad that Michigan has a beat Georgia period. And if you think it has any effect on the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry, you can do that by being a tech subscriber at 614-350-3315. It's a two-week free trial. All right. Always love talking to you guys. For now, I'm Doug Maurice, And that was Buckeye Talk. Buckeye Talk.